Some projects aren't formed alone. They're formed by the hard work of a huge amount of people working together to build a common vision. This week on Schedule for Launch, join me, Zach Walsh, as I welcome back B to talk about his upcoming show, Parallel to Anywhere. Join Trevor, a chronomancy student, as he leaps his way across space and time, visiting other actual play podcasts to weave his very own story. We talk about friendship, working together, and growing up. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. And this week, I am super excited for a very special episode because we are doing something totally different, totally new, but we're also bringing back one of the original people on this show. So B, welcome back. Hi, it's so weird to be counted as an original, but hi, happy to be here. Yeah, it's a little strange, eh? (laughs) A little bit. Oh, I think you were, oh my gosh, you were in the first 10 episodes, 100% for sure. And that's when we talked about Wildevere. Yes. I got to talk with Wildevere with a lot of people. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, you talked to a lot of people about Wildevere, and it grew so much in the past year. It was so cool to see. Honestly, it was a trip. So for those who may have forgotten or don't know you at all, do you want to give a little bit of a reminder and brief description of who you are, B? Yeah, sure. So I'm B. I am a, I I guess, TTRPG writer and podcaster. Still weird. (laughs) Never gets not weird. Yeah. Um, Wrote the world of Wildevere, which is super fun and real. Just a whole thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I'm coming back on because I decided to do something completely different. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's, It's a very big deviation. So before we hop into Parallel to Anywhere, that very that very different thing, do you want to give a little bit of updates on some of the cool stuff that's happened since then? Yeah, okay. So the major one is there is a release. There is a like nice, well-edited, ready-to-go release version of World of Wildevere, which is our anniversary edition. Um, that is up on Itch.io and DriveThruRPG. That version of the core rules is $10 because it is... We, we had to get it edited, we had to get everything primed, mm-hmm. there's new art, it, it's a whole thing. Yeah, very professional. It was it was bonkers to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, sure. In January, we did, a, we did a New Year sale where it went down yeah. to about five, and seeing the people who just took ample advantage of it was really fun. I need to figure out how Itch does community copies, because I, I think that's just such a cool thing, I want that. Yeah, a hundred percent. We'll we'll get somebody in touch with you too because I know a lot of people who've been on the show have done community copies, and I I need more people playing Wildervere. I need even more people no, playing same. it. <laughs> no, same. Uh, the big the big goal for twenty twenty two with Wildervere sounds a little. It's a little less dramatic sounding than last year, but the plan is to get everything we've worked on so far up to anniversary edition snuff. That's nothing small. You, oh my gosh, between the first episode with you, I think you put out like four new books between then, at least. Yeah, at least. and I think that's kind, of, that's kind of what's made me take pause, because like, because mm-hmm. um, uh, in 2021, I had done uh, 
I think the Metro was the latest thing when we talked. So then I think we had gone into Deep Seas, which was like pirate themed with yep. with that, which was fun. Uh, we did the Magic School, which I do remember we brought up a little bit, but mm-hmm. we did we do the Magic did, School. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the Traveler's Guides were finished. Um, my friend Midnight, who I will talk about more later, um, yes. put in a mini campaign. Uh, there's just There was a lot of stuff made, and we have ideas for more stuff, but we came to the conclusion that before we get way too ahead of ourselves, we need to go back and refine the the quick churnout of things, get them all yeah. up to par, get them ready to be proper continuations. Because when everything was Google Drive, then it all felt cohesive, you know? And now mm-hmm. we have the anniversary edition of the core rules, which is really cool and nice and special. And then you want to play more, and then you have to go to a Google Drive line. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Yeah, it, yeah it's a little bit of a jarring experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the plan is put in the time, get everything up to that level, uh, do a bunch of re-releases. That'll probably take us <laughs> into 23, to be honest. But like, Probably. Yeah, but that's the hope. And in the meantime, I want to do a lot more community stuff. Um, not to yeah. put too fine a point on it, but around the end of February, Wildevere is going to be releasing a setting jam. We've been working oh. in the shadows with some pretty fun people to get some really cool Wildevere stories told. Not by me. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. I'm so happy to hear that Wildevere has been doing well. So audience, once this episode finishes, if you haven't listened to what we're about to talk about, I, either way, go go get Wildervere. Go get Wildervere. Play Wildervere, please. I need to go on a trip with my friends. <laughs> Real talk, if people who do run it, you will never bother by sending me anything in any social media whatsoever being like, Not I all. got to play Wildervere and this is, like, I want to hear. And also, like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, hey, APs who are looking for indie games, uh, DM me. <laughs> Yeah, really, really do it. B is one of the easiest people to get into communication with. Be super easy to talk to. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. But enough about that. We're going to be talking about Parallel to Anywhere. So yes, what is Parallel to Anywhere? I've been excited to talk about this ever since you contacted me about it. So Yeah, so Parallel to Anywhere is completely different for a lot of reasons. I think the best way to describe it it, the only consistency with it in Wildervere is that it has a very dumb origin story. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think that's just going to be the trend of everything I ever make. It's just when I explain why it exists, everyone's going to oh, weird. Uh, so while Wildervere was at its like big thing of an interview about it or an article about it, we're going out every couple weeks, which has died down but that just makes sense because you know yeah. so many people you can bother at a time um but while that was going on i was doing a lot of guest dming i was doing a lot of guest dming going on different aps going on different streams and running world and i had a lot of great experiences and made a ton of friends that way but mm-hmm. it made me miss being a player yes. and uh I was thinking about, like, the fact that usually when you think of a guest star on a stream or something, they are a guest player, not a guest DM, you know? Yeah. 
And so one night, just kind of on a whim, I started thinking about like what a guest character of mine could be. And for some reason, I stumbled upon, wouldn't it be a fun little gimmick if I played the same guest character everywhere I went and made a backstory reason <laughs> why this little guest character would just keep popping into other people's streams? Yeah. That that was where it started. And then I was just like, what if this is just like a dimension-hopping time wizard? That That feels weird enough to work, you know? <laughs> and that grew into, well... What would be a fun twist on that? Maybe they're a learner. Maybe they're a kid who doesn't really know how this stuff works and is just popping in from place to place accidentally. Yeah. So that way there's no like, oh yes, I am sent from the future to blah, 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 blah. No DM needs to give him a big reason to exist in the space. He could just literally stumble his way into guest stardom, you know? Yeah. And that person. That person's a Trevor, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. And yep. somewhere down that line... I was like, well, that's a fun character. I'm happy with that. I will close the book on this. Idea solved. <laughs> and then like a week or two later, I was like, man, man, I know what I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> you got the bug. Yep. This this has been something that has been in my head since I think March of 21. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Um... We were, like, in peak talking about Wildervere when Treff first knocked on my brain door. Um, <laughs> and it was, like, one of those things where I was like, oh, you know, this is a fun thing I could pursue later. Wildervere's kind of got to be my focus right now, you know? Yeah. And once we hit the slowdown point of, okay, we need to go back and refine stuff, and I knew that would take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. you know it was kind of around the summer basically after the magic school for um Wildervere, i kind of came to that conclusion you know um, yeah so i was like about midsummer, and i was just like man i had that same problem because Wildervere <laughs> started because campaign two i wasn't going to be the dm uh parallel to anywhere started because Wildervere hit that point and i was like hmm what do i put my energy <laughs> you know <clears throat> uh <laughs> And that, you know, that same half-elf wizard just knocked back on my door and was like, hey, remember how you said I would have to wait? Uh, it's time to stop waiting. <laughs> and <laughs> that that became the start of Parallel to Anywhere, really. Uh, the funniest thing about PTA is that it's, it is a series of coincidences that created this show, genuinely. Oh, really? Yeah, like... Everything down to the name is just one of... There's a story in every little detail, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I will tell very quickly, uh, for the longest time, this was just mm, Time Kid. That was what I was calling this idea, and I told myself, I will I have a better that. name for this. Yeah, I will have yep. a better name for this eventually. And yeah. one night, I was sitting with my friends who were helping me with the project, and I was like, Okay, there's no getting around this at this point. Like, w we need to just sit down and think of a name. We can't keep doing this, you know? Yeah. And we were tossing a bunch of stuff around. We were going with words that sounded nice and sticking with those themes. And then I was like, what if this is like a really cool sounding name, but the acronym is really stupid? <laughs> 
I was like, what if the acronym is like just objectively bad, but the show name is very good? And uh, somewhere in there, Parallel to Anywhere happened, and I lost my mind because I was like, ah, it's a PTA meeting. And so I was just, it, it stuck. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I remember really early on, before it was even called Parallel to Anywhere, I got a message from you. It was like, hey, I have a pitch for something. Do you mind reading it over? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I got what might be the shortest document I've ever gotten from you. It was like three paragraphs long that just basically hit the rough outlines of who Treff was, the vague idea of what it would like, what the setting would be, what the plot would be. And then the last one was just a short list of people you were wanting to reach out to, to see if they can make it work. Yep. It expanded very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I could see. <laughs> the The big challenge with Parallel to Anywhere really was that I had to backwards compatible a story. Oh, I guess you would because they're collaboration episodes, right? Exactly, yeah. I had to, like, think how each of these individual stories could become a plot. Which was a very interesting challenge. <laughs> it's so strange. So let's talk a little bit about that format there, because this isn't just I'm using the same one-shot character in a bunch of different one-shots. There is a mix of two different styles of episodes. There's the scripted episodes and the one-shot episodes. Let's talk a little bit about that formula and how the recording process worked for that. Okay, so... um. Very early on, I knew that it had to be two separate things mm -hmm. because I wanted to tell a story. I wanted this to be a cohesive identity and not just yeah. loose scattered one shots. Because if it was loose scattered one shots, there would be no point in having its own podcast host because then you could, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, so I knew it needed a plot. I knew it needed a story. Um but I also knew I wanted to have him show up in these other worlds. And mm -hmm. the easiest way to pitch that to a to a D&D group is just a guest star one shot, you know? Yeah. Because, because otherwise they need to get invested in your lore the way you need to get invested in theirs. And it's a much loftier and much more time consuming collaboration. Um, yeah. And luckily, I was very lucky that there were a lot of really cool people who saw the strangeness of the pitch and were morbidly curious, probably. <laughs> and so in between scheduling each of those individual one-shots, uh, I then had to turn around and think, basically after each one-shot, I had to go, okay, how could this work? How could I make this a plot? What could I do with this? You know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Because the first stuff I did for, for Parallel to Anywhere was those one-shot recordings. It was... Uh, yep. The first one I did actually was a stream with uh, Stella, who runs Adventures in Asteri, which... Okay. Uh, is a, that was a very fun one. Um, <laughs> then some of them were streamed, some of them were not. Uh, some of them are actively in existence in other places, and you could listen to the episode before I touch it up to be a parallel to anywhere episode you could just listen to the raw one shot on other people's channels like that is that is a thing which is very funny oh wow <laughs> it 
kind of fits into that time travel theme. Oh, it super does. And that's why I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that that's like the, the, the me who thought this was like 4d chess and very deep was just like, Oh, that's so cool. Uh, you could basically catch this like <laughs> splinter in your podcast feeds timeline and then later on, oh, the real the revelation, you know, oh, it's this. And yeah. I thought that was neat. And then I was like, that is incredibly pretentious. <laughs> so then, <laughs> then I was like, you know what? It's flavor. It's fun. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there's a lot of moving pieces here. And I know that when this was first being developed, it was only, I think, 10 episodes long, roughly. How many are you up to now? Uh, I think we have hit 15. Okay. So not too much bigger than you. No, it was. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of work. And I was going to and the jump to 15 was because I I did that thing that everyone tells you not to do of you cast a really wide net because you're certain there's going to be no more no's than you get. And then there were more yeses than you expected, and then you, and then I felt bad, and uh, and then yep. it turned into like, <laughs> and then the pacing became a thing where with ten episodes I felt like you couldn't get everything I wanted to get done done. Yeah. Most of the additional, I'll be honest, most of the additional scripting was extra scripted episodes, because I had originally imagined a scripted start and end with one shots in the middle. Yeah. And then I realized, I think I need more space in the middle to, to tell the, the story proper, you know? Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of moving pieces to this. There was the the scripted episodes, like you said, there were a lot less originally planned. and Or was there a lot less originally planned, or was it just kind of like flowing through and putting them where needed? Uh, it was definitely a lot less than I originally planned. I was hoping to only have to do like two or three, maybe one in the middle that like was the catch up mm. episode, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it didn't go that way and I'm happier for it, I think. Um, yeah. Because, uh, there's a lot of, Parallel Anywhere is a story of improvisation, to be honest. Yeah. Because a lot of, with a, with a, with a scope as big as it got with a pitch as weird as it got um you can imagine a lot of things fell through the cracks and fast (laughs) example being episode three was kind of cursed um and also i need oh no yeah but i will also say uh this show was not recorded in order (laughs) um because of the one shots and the nature (laughs) of scheduling uh the show was not recorded in order but because of that, I am like very aware of this of the pacing of the season because I needed to be. Yeah, it's super important. Yep, because basically we started recording with episode six. So I was like, okay, I need to make some big decisions about the character arcs very early so I know where along the trail these one shots fall, you know? Yeah. For example, uh, in the very early episodes, the the multiverse element of it is lost on Treff. He is convinced it is a time travel thing. Okay. It It's about episodes four and five, three, four, five, where he comes to grips with it is a multiverse thing. 
which means episode six, which was the first one I recorded, I had to be completely <laughs> understanding that this was a multiverse. Oh, man. Um, yeah. And then when I did the recordings for episodes two, four and three, I had to forget <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> it Treff and I have a very close dynamic now because I needed to <laughs> play him at different parts of his character's timeline. Um, yeah. Sometimes back to back. <laughs> that sounds rough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like sometimes I would have to go from like, okay, today I'm recording episode like 11 and then two days later I'm recording episode two. Oof. It, it was a fun challenge. I, I think yeah, it, it works out. Good. I think it works out. And I think that's why there needed to be more scripted episodes to, mm-hmm. to make sense of it all. No major spoilers here, but I will say the last three episodes of the season are all scripted in a row. That makes sense to me. Hey, B, I just realized something. We're like 20 minutes in. We forgot to tell people what the plot of this show is. Yeah, okay. We should pro- Yeah, the, the, the meta story <laughs> of this is so interesting. We should probably yeah. tell the actual story. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Parallel to Anywhere follows Treff, this half-elf wizard who i keep talking about he is from a Faerun that has hit modern magic as in to say uh-huh. think what disney tried to do with onward and apply that ruling to actual Faerun. that is yeah. where treff is from he goes to this magical college known as akora which i've described as the, the community college to strixhaven's university okay just because i find that very funny (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it is (laughs) um and hilariously enough strixhaven is a player in this world in the sense of that is the rival school gotcha okay that makes sense you you in season one you do not go there but there are jokes about (laughs) it being the the big pretentious school uh, yeah. that litter Treff and Rosara's dialogue. Um, Rosara is a very fun story in and of herself. Uh, yes. She is the archetypical uh, guy in the chair trope. Um, mm-hmm. She's she's the one who probably should have been the protagonist if if life were perfect. Uh, <laughs> knew, knows far more about magic and is just a far better person in the intelligence category than Trev is. I would say is far more proficient in the charisma stat, you know? Yes. Um, so they have this very fun thing where they're effectively in the wrong positions. Uh, where Treff is the one out there doing the equivalent of field work, and Rosara is the one who is, like, stuck at home trying to smooth things over. Mm-hmm. Rosara does shine as the person in the chair using her knowledge and know-how, but it is very funny because realistically it should have been her who went on this adventure. She would have been much more equipped. Um, yes. But that, that's the comedy of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Rosara is also very fun because everything from her name to her race to her design, uh, I didn't come up with. No? I knew the trope. Um, and I knew who I wanted to voice them. I knew... Very early on, that Midnight, my friend, who um, mm-hmm. 
has been in Wildiver stuff with me. They play Scales in the Wildiver show. Um, yep. And just has actively been in my circle. I was just like, this is someone who could do that trope really well. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I approached them about it and I was like, I know the trope. I know nothing else. Like, go off. You know? <laughs> uh, and she got to build her as if she was like a D&D character. And she does feel Luzara is her D&D character in a way, which is really nice. Um, it, it does help, though, because uh, a lot of Treff and Rosara's dialogue is improv. Uh, I was going to say impromptu, and then I tried to change it to improv, and it sounded really weird. Uh, <laughs> a lot of it was improv, meaning we both needed to be very aware of how our characters interacted. Yeah. Um, and the fact that she made Rosara from the ground up does help that a lot. So, in general, that's sort of the formula. Uh, Treff's watch that he used from the from the chronomancy project to get uh-huh. the assignment done goes awry as things tend to do and now he has no knowledge of how it works and he's being sent from world to world whenever the watch fully charges it sends him somewhere else and the goal of, of the show is just get him back home okay yeah but along the way it is all the crossovers and you get yeah. to do some really fun character development stuff Mm-hmm. I was going to say there, too, that having listened to the Wildebeer podcast, your interactions as Treff and Lazara, they feel very, they feel like you two. It feels like conversations I've heard before. Not in a bad way at all. You play off each other super well in that the holiday special that was released. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah so mm-hmm. there's there's this vibe of... I've heard these two people do this before, not in a bad way, but I've heard these two specific people have this conversation at least once before. Yeah, yeah. Me and Midnight played very <laughs> well into our own personalities for these two. Um, yeah. Which, again, makes a lot of sense because we had to backwards compatible the story. So mm-hmm. trying to play radically unique characters was just not feasible, you know? No. It, it was both a need uh, for the sake of the way things were going to work out, and also it led to us just being able to riff on each other the way we usually do, which, yeah. oh, it's great. Oh, it's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, the interactions between Treff and Rosara are the heart and soul of the show, honestly. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that at all. But you are joined by a large cast of characters throughout this, including the one-shot characters. You and your friends there had a whole new world to discover because you had to do a bunch of hiring for voiceover. That is correct. How'd that go? I think it went really well. It also was very weird. Because yeah. the truth... So, it's it's weird for uh, a couple reasons. While some of the scripted episodes do further the plot, that does not mean they are not crossovers. Yeah. Uh, But because they're scripted, basically I made sure my self-referential stuff were in the scripted episodes. Mm -hmm. So episodes 5 and 13 are crossovers with properties that me and Midnight are on the the deck of. 
Uh, yeah. Specifically, episode five is a crossover with um, Midnight and her friend Sushi's project, Larry Fantasia. Uh, and ah. episode thir- yeah, and episode thirteen is a crossover with the Frostwalkers, which was my first five E show. Um, mm-hmm. It was basically my love letter to my first podcast. <laughs> you know. I'm um, so glad to hear that that got in. Oh, it's so cool. Uh, so episode thirteen and five have a unique thing of there are voices for a lot of these characters already, especially yeah. in 13. I just need to wrangle my friends with episode five <laughs> though, with CF, there was the interesting thing of sushi in the past had brought on this very talented vocal artist, Maggie Elise. She does a lot of voice act work, um, um, on her Twitter and just in various commission projects. Uh-huh. Um, and one of those projects was voicing the character uh, of Aza in a Claire Fantasia um, little promo that Sushi did, which was just really cool. And hey everybody, sorry about that. This podcast player is a pop-up window, and sometimes one of us closes it. I've done it before. It happens. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> That's um, okay. Yeah, so, yes, so Maggie's a very talented uh, VA artist and like I said uh-huh. she did a, a promo for Asa um, so I knew very early that I was like yep yep I need to figure out how to get Maggie to play this character again because yeah. that is the voice of this character you know exactly uh, yeah so that, was, that one was a no brainer um, and one of the other NPCs I was like well okay the one, there are three major NPCs that show up in the episode uh yeah. as of tomu and annalise um annalise was the hardest one because there was no vocal precedent but i just knew that the sushi had imagined them to have the breath of the wild zelda accent oh, okay yeah so i was just like first friend i know with a british accent come over here <laughs> um and then <laughs> uh for tomu himself i was like well okay well this is obvious Sushi wrote the character. That's the only guy NPC of the trio. Yeah, okay, I know who's... Yeah, okay, well, I know who I'm doing for this. Okay. So I grabbed him to, to play Tomu. Um, and so the episode 5 was an easier casting, with a notable exception who I will get to. Uh, but as for... the Those are the crossover ones. With <laughs> the rest of the vocal cast... It's where it gets weird, because those are when we get into the original characters. Treff and Rosara have a group of friends from the school who they live with, because you never roommate with just one person in apartments no, in no, college. No, not at all. Um, and this gets a little bit into the theming of the show, but, <clears throat> you know, a time travel story is a great way to talk about change and moving forward, and, like, that kind of theming. So it became a very clear idea in my head that Treff and Rosara's friends are a year ahead of them. And they are about to leave Hakora. This is their final semester, and Treff and Rosara have a year alone coming up. Ah. And so in that idea, which I was very like, okay, this hits, this hits the theme, I looked back, um... And me and my friend used to do, like, 
two-person campaigns when stuff would fall through, but I was already over at his place, you know? Yeah. Uh, and one of the things we had done was a magic school. <laughs> and Oh, convenient. <laughs> yeah. And so I remember, I looked through that old document we made of all the NPCs and stuff, and I took the player characters from that campaign, which became Bisman and Rowan, uh, and then mm-hmm. took two of my favorite NPCs who became PTA's versions of Mai and Hawk. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. And it was just like, these are, these are the four I remember from playing this game. I love them. We're, we're taking them. <laughs> we're, we're putting them in the story. We're, we're making them the mentor figures for Trafford are. That's that's so fun and self-referential, you know? Mm-hmm. Immediately, my thought was the person who played Rowan was going to have to voice Rowan in the show, but extraneous circumstances, you know? Yeah. Uh, just just happens. But I made sure uh, that when Crow, who does so much of the art, was put on to be Rowan, it was a bit of necessity, and it was also a bit of uh, the person who played Rowan in the past was a, is a very close friend. So it makes sense that Rowan is played by a very close friend. You know? Like, yeah. just just works. Um, as for Bisman, I knew Bisman's VA from just, like, around, you know? Yeah. A uh, friend of a friend kind of deal. And mm-hmm. I was just like, as I was writing this character, I was just like, wait a minute, I know who should, you know? <laughs> and I, I just approached him in DMs and was like, Ayo weird pitch how do you feel about this and he was just like you know i've kind of always wanted to give voice acting a shot and i was like let's do it (laughs) um so by the end of this process the three who i had no idea what to do with were were my hawk and perrin who was a planeswalking antagonist i don't they're not a villain rival they're an antagonist rival yeah tref is Gunning this whole adventure on the seam of his pants. He has no clue what he's doing. Perrin yep. is a arbiter of order. Perrin cares that things oh. are neat and tidy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that that's their clash. Okay, yeah. Specifically, Perrin wants to make sure that someone stumbling their way into a new dimension doesn't incidentally cause the butterfly effect to go off so hard and everything falls off the rails mm-hmm. uh, w- with the implication being that if someone were to do that Perrin would come after them uh for 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 more than a casual talk shall we say yep <laughs> Perrin is a necromancer uh that that is all i need to get at so my hawk and Perrin were the three who i was just like there is no vocal precedence for these three Perrin has existed in my head as sort of my Magic the Gathering OC. Um, yeah. And my and Hawk were NPCs in a game two people ran for fun. Uh, I, I had nothing, you know? <laughs> so I went to, for the first time ever, to those like casting call sites. Yep. And I just kind of threw in lines from their first episodes, gave general vibes and like you know like the more like large scale thoughts about their voices and like mm-hmm. accent if there would be one that kind of thing yeah and i just sat on it 
and figured what would be would be. <laughs> and I found some really <laughs> good, good answers. Um, just everyone who came in to be those characters knocked their roles out of the park. Um, yeah. Mo, who plays Perrin, is super active in the community, which is so nice. Um, uh-huh. As for the others, I mean, they're, they're VA artists. They do not need to be like deeply ingrained in the, you know <laughs> and they just have so much that they gotta do so yep. it makes them it makes total sense that they're not as around but just endlessly flattered that mo hung them around you know mm-hmm. yeah something that you mentioned there was shooting a couple messages out to people which is a familiar story for me but you you cashed in a lot of favors to get some things done in this. You want to talk about that experience and yeah, how, I, how that all happened? <laughs> yeah. So like I said, this all started when I when I was peak guest DMing for Wildermere, and I remember explicitly <laughs> telling people, uh, "It's time." Like in my brain, I was just like, "It's time to pay the piper," you know. <laughs> um, uh, you will see some familiar faces if you saw some of the Wildermere one shots. Uh, show up in parallel to anywhere i've been pretty open about the collaborators less so on the story it's that they tell so like the first watch the first watch was one where i was i guess dm for wildevere and then later on i turned around and was like so (laughs) um (laughs) yeah the first watch is a great example of that and there's a couple of people who just kind of fell into my lap you know, and just kind of met them by chance, asked the question, they said yes, and we got a one-shot going, and it was cool. Uh, I think I think one of my favorite stories of just happenstance, you know, two of them, um, were Heartbeats and The Tall Dwarf Tavern. Okay. Heartbeats is not a D&D show. I was going to say, I don't recognize it. Yeah, Heartbeats was, at the beginning, running Ryutama. Oh, that is very not D anD. Yeah, uh, and they were running Ryutama so well that slowly but surely they stopped needing Ryutama and just turned into a storytelling improvisational show. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's a very talented group of people, and mm-hmm. I can't tell you how I for I forget it happened <laughs> so early in. Uh, Heartbeats's team and I got together, and we talked about how fun it would be to have Treff show up in Heartbeats um, because yeah. it is a very, it's a very different world. Uh, and episode mm-hmm. four is episode four is one of my favorites. It's, it is one of the few episodes that was a one shot yeah. that I got to bring midnight in. for. Oh yeah. So because a lot of the one shots were scheduling based, we kind of hand wave it with like, watches at low power you know rizara can't always be around kind of thing but episode four was one of those cases where i could get midnight to be in the booth improving rizara and it was so fun episode 12 was i was i go i went in with paul dwarf tavern fully expecting one shot you know same deal same story they were like hmm and like we, they tossed me an idea for their time traveler-based world-building character, and I was like, "This is really neat. Okay, we can work with this." And then it slowly morphed into like, "There's so much I would need to explain 
because this concept, I guess, permeates multiple seasons of their show. Oh. That it, they decided for their own sake that it would be easier to write a script. And so episode 12 is guest written. Oh, that's cool. That's super cool. It's very cool. It's something I want more of in season two. I would love that to happen again. Just other people taking the reins of these characters. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a long process because it's a long script. But, oh my god, when the finished one was in my hands and I was reading through it, I was just kind of like, oh, this is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I... This is the only scripted episode that I did not write, which is... Oh, so cool. It's so cool. It's such a cool experience. It just blows my mind. Yeah, and I think the funniest thing, uh, one more, like, just, oh, the tales of this project. <laughs> Episode three, I kind of alluded to, was kind of cursed. We we recorded half of it. We couldn't schedule a second half. Stuff happened. It, it, was, it was a wild thing. Yeah, uh, and then we lost the recording for the half we did record. Um, oh no! Beca- oh yeah, and so it became <laughs> very clear that that whole group just was—it was not gonna work. Um, but that was the uh, government-designed sci-fi episode. That was the in space, you know. Ah, uh, okay. And so we decided, for the sake of just you know not running through this ringer again that we would do episode three in-house okay so crow is running that episode oh crow dms that episode it is a one-shot and a lot of the players are players that crow has from irl games and from their like mini project which was embers um yeah yeah so uh, some of the players there are from members. Some of them are just people who. One of the editors, one of my my friend Michael, who edits a lot of the stuff, they show up to play a character in episode three, just oh, just fun. because Michael's around. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Midnight shows up to play a character in episode three. She's not playing Rosara. She is playing Ro, a oh. half orc wizard. From a not Hakora. This oh. is the first hint that this is a multiverse. <laughs> oh, I love that. So it's like the exact same character, but some very slight adjustments. Exactly. I won't spoil the thing. No. But I will tell you that early in the ideation of that character, uh, Crow had hit them with. So there's probably a not Treff in this universe. Uh, you tell me what that dynamic was like, is, was, whatever. The answer is so much funnier than you think it will be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's so funny. I, the best part about that was, I was surprised by it. Midnight and Crow refused to tell me what that deal was. (laughs) So that way I would have to figure it out as Treff. It was, it's so funny. It's such a funny episode. Um, genuinely, Parallel to Anywhere is one of those projects where a lot more went right than probably should have. 
and the stuff that did go wrong went very wrong but we worked <laughs> around it and it's it's such a thing now where i'm sitting there's basically the first half of the season is in the editing process just being being done up being put music to being cut you know yeah uh, there are still some scripts we need to record uh-huh. uh, especially like the back half because yeah work smart you know <laughs> don't just do exactly. it all yep. And, yep. yeah so the back half uh is uh, very close to being just all in the editing stages but there's still some recording to do mm-hmm. but that's this is going to be an every other week thing with a 15 episode script with a mid-season break we, we have we have the time to do this right yeah and that's what i really want is just for it to turn out good right after the yeah. insane and wild story that was its creation process yeah um just because there's so many i think there's so many little things about the story that just hit right at home you know like, yeah for all of the multiverse weirdness <laughs> and all of the like playing with the diegetic nature of the show mm-hmm. because i i if you remember that was a thing in early wilderveer that i'd wanted to play with was like the show was canon to the show yeah uh, that was moved into parallel to anywhere. Uh, that that concept became part of PTA's identity, because Treff is recording his adventures, and he has fully accepted. Like episode one, he's telling Rosara, "Like when we get home, we can turn this into a podcast." <laughs> yes, <laughs> I remember seeing that line. <laughs> yeah the the diegetic nature of the show was an idea in early Wilderveer that got you know scrapped and i got to bring yeah. it back for parallel to anywhere which is so cool parallel to anywhere really just is this project that took a bunch of like half finished things and scrapped concepts and what ifs mm-hmm. threw them all together we threw a bunch of crossovers in there and i said well we'll <laughs> see what happens <laughs> yeah and it's ah man it's such a cool it's such a thing i can't I can't tell much more about the creation process for spoiler reasons, but like, yeah, oh, it's so fun. And when like, when certain things happen, people are gonna be like, "Was that planned?" I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm really happy for you all. I'm glad that it's working out as well as it is. But let's talk about one of the most difficult things about starting any new project, and that's followers. Yeah. Wildevere okay. is massive and its followers mm-hmm. in the indie space. What was it like to see that go down to zero again? Daunting. Absolutely daunting. <laughs> um, I tried really hard on the Wildevere, like socials to be like, this other thing exists, but realistically only a few people mm-hmm. from Wildevere's space would cross section with such a weird second pitch, you know? Like yep. so unrelated to Wildevere. I was kind of able to drag in more people who were hoping for more Frostwalker stuff, which was really oh, that was that was nice, yeah. Because yeah. back to D and D kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and new friends have definitely come along for the PTA ride, which is cool. Yeah, it's hard because like with two projects like Wildevere and Parallel to Anywhere, I feel like I am juggling. <laughs> 
Um, yep. Because like I can't. Before I could just whenever I felt like it, I could just post on the world of your socials, and that was like, oh, you know, I was done. Now it's like, okay, I gotta do both. Okay, I gotta, you know, <laughs> I have to do two self promo Saturdays. I have to do two. Yep. Oh yeah, it's a lot to keep up with. I think that people who listen to podcasts or follow tabletop role playing games, like, there's a lot of behind the scenes work that we do to to make sure that a we're seen, b other people are seen. Yeah, exactly. It's it is a lot. Um and it's it's a thing because I was like I'm so proud of the pitch for Parallel to Anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like I I I am the, the firm belief that if someone hears what the show is about and how weird it is that people will just get into it out of morbid curiosity. Yep. I mean, that's how I got involved, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, but that's the hard part to convey on social. Yeah. Like, like th- I feel like if I was able to have this conversation kind of deal with people, I-, I think people would just be curious about how it all plays out. I'm curious yeah. how it's all going to play out. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> um, am I. Yeah. Um, it's such a such a thing, and it's weird because it is simultaneously something that not to put a pretentious point on it, but it was like, I have not seen anyone try something this dumb before. (laughs) (laughs) Probably because it is a weird hodgepodge of things. (laughs) And it's kind of a mess. (laughs) It's It's only a mess if it doesn't work. Yeah, well, it's only a mess if it doesn't work. To everybody who doesn't know the the finagly bits, it's, it's not a mess. It's just the finished product yeah it's just the show and i think the show is gonna be great because at the core of it uh the thing i the thing i always tell people is parallel to anywhere is a show that is a weird it is a weird pitch but it is grounded in a very easy to understand thing yeah because i think at the end of the day besides all the multiverse weirdness and all that stuff it's just about growing up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is just, what do you do? You know, what, what, how do you find happiness? And just that kind those kinds of questions. And yeah. I, I remember early on, the thing I really liked about the pitch was it didn't matter what adventure was had in each episode because so long as the point was there that Treff was meeting people from all different walks of life, from all different ideas, who have different beliefs, who have different, like, just, you know, then then it succeeds. Because yeah. he can take that in and just see the vastness of, you know, just everything. Yeah, <laughs> I think exactly. That, that shows through that. And the relationship with Rosara deepens in a very just nice way. It's it's a good it the characters I think make this show. They are the heart and soul. They are the thing I put forward first. Uh, be, I, I just think it's really special. I'm glad. I'm I'm really glad. This is this has been something that I've been like very not quietly, I talk about it from time to time on other things too, but this is something that has been on my mind, something I've been excited to see. There's been a lot of back and forth. I've gotten to see a lot 
and just like watching it all start to unfold, talking to you and other people about what they're excited about, seeing those posts in their Discord server. There's a lot, and I'm excited for... I'm excited about the excitement. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, I think I'd agree there. I, I, I'm i so excited. I'm really hoping February is the month, you know, where episode one yeah. drops and I can finally... <laughs> Because it's, and I can't blame for the time because it's, it's such a thing. It's such a behemoth, you know, it's, that, huge. Like, it's, it's very big and we have to take it slow. Otherwise it's just not going to be good, but I, I can't help it. I can't help but be like, this will be the month, you know? <laughs> and I mean, I, I hope so, but well, like you said, you started putting this in development last year, and recording started not in the too long ago. Yeah, in the summer. Yeah. Which, and like, in projects like this, is not that long ago. Like, in retrospect, no. it's not that long ago. Especially when you're doing, a, like, out of time, like, out of order recordings. Oh, that yeah. That is, like, key. Mm-hmm. And, like, still having to think about Wilderbeer and all of Yes. That. Yeah, because that's it's not dead, and like I have been less active. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, one hundred percent. Have I have been a little negligent? Probably, realistically. <laughs> that's just that is just coming from that place of like I I can only do so much, <laughs> you know. You're one person. Yep. I totally get it. And parallel tenure is just one of those things that like. Once I start, because I remember, I was like, okay, I'll write the first script, I'll write the first episode, and then, like, I'll take it slow. And once I finished that first script, it got its hooks into me, and I just, I had to just push on. I had to see it through. It was just yeah. so weird and so different. And I don't know. It's it, it's one of those things I know I'm going to look back on, no matter what, just mm-hmm. because it already means the world to me. And I think, yeah. like... One of my favorite things was when the holiday New Year's thing came out and seeing yeah. like how many people were like feeling kinship with the mm-hmm. characters already. Um, yep. Like people just saying like, oh, I do that or like, you know, like things like that. Just that alone hit exactly what I had wanted. And yeah. the holiday special, I'll just say this. Oh, that was not supposed to happen. That was never no. the plan. No. Oh. Uh, I wrote that in the week between Christmas and New Year's. Okay. And in the week between Christmas and New Year, that got written in the server. I, I, I was streaming the writing process of that. I We got it recorded in one night. <laughs> Because uh, it was, just, <laughs> it, it is a minimal cast. It is just me and Midnight because that's who I could finagle in like two minutes time, yep. you know. Uh, and edited in a night. And I, it's that's also why it's ten minutes because I, I did not have the time to write a full episode. Oh no! <laughs> in the no. midst of the holidays, that's already a really long recording session. Like <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a thing yeah. uh, but like i knew it was worth it 
when people were getting excited for the characters when people yeah. were like i don't know and it, there's such a minute detail in that episode that makes me so happy because it i don't want to say it pays off it's almost that it doesn't pay off that makes me happy it's it's so minor uh in trust design he has the the green hoodie and the brown jacket on top and in episode zero the the brown jacket is given to him by rosara yeah which is such a little thing and because it was a prequel episode i obviously couldn't touch a lot of things that i would like to so Mm -hmm. i was just like telling such a very simple story yeah in 10 minutes that just focused on the banter focused on the characters i think it it does preview the show but it previews what i think is the most important part which is yeah Rosario's dynamic and like the rest of the multiverse kind of happens around that connection and Mm -hmm. i think that's what we make i think that's what grabs the show yeah i knew that you were serious about this when you were talking to me about writing the first episode, episode uh, one, and you were really, you were writing it quickly, but you were also taking your time. There was a lot of revision that went into it. There was a lot of thought that went into it. And so like, not that that didn't happen with Wildergear or any other projects you've done, but there was, there was something in there that you really wanted to nail out. So that that's when i knew this was important yeah that first that first page episode one probably took longer than like most of the rest of the writing process i Mm -hmm. because i couldn't nail how i wanted to introduce the show you know yeah and i settled on the the very stupid but funny idea of the intro is Treff complaining about how important intros are and how he needs to get it right? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I... It's a little meta, and so is this whole thing. But, like, <laughs> there's a lot of heart. And even yeah, though it's very there silly, there's a there's a clear, like... There's a clear heart there, I think, in just listening to this character go off about why it's important that he gives a good first impression instead of actually giving a good first impression (laughs) and just yeah we're starting off with this anxious guy who's starting out his college career like that's where we're starting this sweet sweet boy (laughs) he he's it's so funny it's such a good thing and it bumps into very quickly you can tell how much I wanted page one to end because at the st- top of page because the top of page two is Rosara's first line. So like, as soon as Rosara showed up, I was like, "All right, we're good. <laughs> this is the part I can do," you know. And then I challenged myself later on because I was like, "Man, at page one hurt because it was just Treff's head," you know. Yep. So then I was like. What would be the dumbest thing I could do to myself? <laughs> what if I set an entire episode where he's by himself? Oh. And that's and then I did that. <laughs> <laughs> so page one was the whole script now. <laughs> um Oh man. <laughs> hilariously, 
That was probably the fastest script I ever wrote, which I guess just tells you how much that character grew on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That at the very start, I couldn't do a page of just his inner monologue because I didn't know him. That by 14, I was just like, yep, okay. <laughs> and it just kind of happened in like two days. Uh, and I was just like, yeah, no, I think I think that's, how, that's a little bit of a telling thing. Mm-hmm. B, I just looked at our time here. We've done it again. We did it last year. We're doing it again. Uh, I said, let's run the episode 45 minutes. It's now an hour and six. So (laughs) (laughs) we're, we're going to start wrapping it up a little bit, but I got, uh, I got two more small questions for you. Well, maybe the one small, I'm not sure yet. Depends on how you answer it. (laughs) So since you were here last year or last time, it's almost been a year now. And I asked you back then, what was some advice you could give to people? I'm trying to move on from that because you're back. So what's some advice you can give to those people who are maybe transitioning between projects? What what are some ways that you prevent burnout from your projects? What are some things that you do for, for self-care in your relationship with your work? Huh? I, I think, I think working on projects with people you like is very important for this. Um, because because sometimes hanging out with midnight means reading a parallel to anywhere script and recording. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's just how we hang out. Yep. Uh, if you love the people you're working with, then even if you're not being productive on the project, it, it keeps the project something that is fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I will, I will say full stop. Um, <laughs> This one time, me and Midnight were coming up with stuff, and I, like, we just did that thing where it started with, I think this character would do this to this. Okay, yeah, yeah, and, like, just DMing each other, like, a like a pitch, and uh-huh. it slowly morphed into dialogue, and then an hour later, <laughs> we had written out a text RP, you know? There we go, yep. And then, like, and I'm gonna be frank about this, uh... I kept as much of that text RP as possible and just copy pasted it into an episode. I'm so glad to hear that. It's it. I don't even know if Midnight knows that. When she hears this, she'll know. When she hears this, she'll know. (laughs) I don't even know if she knows that. Um, But yeah, no, that like wholesale made it in. A few details of the change because the story changed. But like, yeah, yeah. and like we built MTG decks based on Treff and Rosara and their playstyles, what we'd imagine their playstyles to be. Episode 9 <laughs> turned into... Like, we had done that. It was fun. And we were enjoying it. And then we realized that we could write jokes about this. Mm-hmm. And that became Episode 9. <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, episode 9 is another scripted episode. It is a very comedy-centric scripted episode. Uh, it is... The way I pitched it is every show nowadays is doing the episode where the characters play D&D. Yep. Well, we're already in D&D. <laughs> <laughs> so episode nine is the characters playing the sister game. They're playing magic. Um, uh, specifically, okay. Rosara is the one playing magic, and Treff is the one standing there in the corner going, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't understand. 
that's me with every Magic the Gathering conversation. That's, oh, it's so funny. It's so funny because I have so many MTG nerd friends now that yeah. I get to like pull for jokes. Um, <laughs> I, the, the joke that started this whole pitch was just like, you know, in, um, I think it's the first Harry Potter movie. Nah, it's been, it's been forever since I've seen these, uh, where they play chess, but they have to like take the pieces of the chess pieces or whatever. Oh yeah. 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 They smash yeah, them or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That, but with the cards. So Treff has to <laughs> fill in the space of one of the cards. And of course, because Rosara is being a snarky friend that she is, <laughs> you know, he is not the strongest one in her deck, obviously, just cause that's funny. Uh-huh. And situation arises his card goes to the graveyard and they need to discuss what does that look like if he's a real person and so it's this joke is what sold me on making this an episode this is rosario yelling at him go stand in the corner and look at the wall <laughs> and he's like why because you're dead and no i'm not <laughs> that's incredible <laughs> it's it's so dumb <laughs> but it was so funny and it's, we get to be a little self-indulgent in what makes it to being an episode and (laughs) because i'm using like the serious parts of mtg's lore like planeswalkers and all that uh yeah yeah i get to use the same thing yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but that's that's what makes (laughs) projects fun going back to the question that's what makes projects fun it's just being with friends being with friends and just the weird chains of events All right. Well, final question of the night B, where can people discover more about you and Parallel to Anywhere? So there is a Discord server for Parallel to Anywhere, and there is a Twitter, which is at P2Anywhere. Um, it, there's an Instagram. There's all the usual socials. Uh, the Discord server really is what I'm trying to grow, because that's where we get mm-hmm. like, listening parties and everything. Um, yeah. It's a lot of fun. There's already so many cool people there, but it's a yeah. lot of fun. There's um, also the YouTube channel that has all those uh, promotional stuff that's there. Yes, and uh, episode zero is on the podcast feed, as is the cast Q and A. Um, so yeah, the, there's more on the YouTube, including like a a, a preview scene of one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> <laughs> We do a thing on the Discord every now and then, which is the Creative Club Night, where we spend 45 minutes and we just work on something. And there's yeah. like a prompt list for people to get started, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and I always forego the prompts, because what I always do for 45 minutes is grab a scene that I really, really like, edit it up, and then put it out there. It's like a little, little, little hint scene, you know? Yeah. They're always like two to three minutes. And it, it's such a nice little tradition. Yeah. Uh, and I think the the most recent one I did for episode five, by the end of it, people were like, what is going on in this episode? Oh, I need to, <laughs> I cannot wait. That's episode five? B, why would you do this to us? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it works out. Yeah. As always, audience, those links are going to be down in the description below this, this podcast feed there. B, Thank you so much for coming back on. This is totally different than something we usually do, but I am so glad that we 
we did this because it was just like a, a nice decompressed day and I got to talk about something that I've been watching slowly shape over the past oh six months or so yeah yeah uh, honestly the fact that it's taken as quick as it is is like a mm-hmm. strange thing because I, I feel like it should have been like two years in the making you know <laughs> and but. as yeah so thank you so much for coming to, to share it with us audience thank you for listening be and parallel to anywhere they're scheduled to launch really soon like hopefully february so hopefully we'll let you know when it's launched there and we'll uh we'll update the feed if it does before before it comes out so take care of yourselves have a good night i'll see you on the next one bye bye Thank you so much to B for joining me on the podcast this week. Parallel to Anywhere is a project I've known about since at least September or October of 2021. I don't really talk about other podcasts on this show as I could easily fill an entire another podcast with just the other wonderful creators who are out there. But B is an old friend of Schedule for Launch and the vision to show off a bunch of actual play creators was a huge draw for me. Also, the theme you're listening to right now in the background is actually the opening song for Parallel to Anywhere that B asked me to compose for the show. So maybe it's just me wanting to show off and be prideful for a second, I don't know. At this point, Parallel to Anywhere is actually out and available, so go check it out. It's really well done, edited incredibly good. It's a scripted episode, as B had said it would be, but it sets up things so well. So check it out and the various other podcasts that are going to be attached to it. I assure you at least one of them will catch your fancy. And as always, thank you so much listeners for joining me on the show this week. We're starting to get some reviews in on Apple podcasts and other platforms, which has led to a lot of people starting to join us like a lot. It's been incredible. So if you like the show and you want to continue spreading the word, please consider leaving a review or talking about it somewhere online. With podcasts like this, they're pretty niche, so it's hard to get some growth, but we've done a really good job, and I just want to say thank you so much. Really, I truly do mean it. Next week, we'll be having Emily on the show, otherwise known as Too Many Feelings 5. She's going to be on, and we're going to be talking about her catalog of games. Emily is rad. The games she makes are a lot of fun. So come on, join us next week, and we'll talk about things like Jane Austen-style period games and a game about Toad and Frog from the classic children's story, Getting Buried. It's wonderful and lovely. I hope to see you there. Until next time, take care of yourself. Bye.